Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. I'm joined by Kirstine Siapara. I believe I said that correctly. She's my buddy. I know her as Casey. Um, and I'm really excited to have her on the show today. She's a teacher, she's a coach, um, and really just a voice that I respect when it comes to talking all things passion, purpose, mission, all that good stuff that I imagine a lot of us are longing for. Uh, so I'm excited to hear about some tools and ideas uh, that can help us unlock that feeling of you know, feeling connected to a sense of purpose um, and passion because it can be elusive. I know for myself and certainly a lot of you guys that tune in. So with that said, KC, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I really love what you said. It, it can be elusive. And I think it's like, well, then if it's something so elusive and so out there, how am I ever going to be able to um, understand it for myself? And I really love being able to take the more spiritual side of things and bring the practicality into it so we can all mm. connect with it. So it's a pleasure to be here. I bloody love that. And I kind of touched on it there anyway, but I think that's one of the big challenges I see facing most people at its core is like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, how do I, how do I feel that sense of passion? How do I feel like I have a sense of purpose? And unless we kind of, you know, dive into some specifics and some practices and it, it can be very abstract. And I think that's what makes it so challenging sometimes. So I reckon this will be a lot of fun and really useful uh, for so many people to kick things off. And I guess to provide some context, give us a snapshot of, of the work that you do in this space. And then we'll kind of dive into the, the nitty gritty. Sounds good. So like you mentioned, so I do, I am a teacher. I have a teaching background, which is why I think I like to see these abstract terms thrown out that people are familiar with, but don't know how to apply them to their lives. So I like to dive into those areas myself and then be able to teach them in a way that people can um, apply to their lives. So traditionally, and I went down the pathway of um, secondary teaching English Peter HP. And, you know, this is something I'll, I'll touch on a little bit later, but I was really faced with the challenge of, I don't love what I'm doing. Like I'm getting the Sunday Arvo dread. I'm, I'm and I just had this um, sort of voice within me being like, there's something more like you're not meant to dread your work so much and anyway I found myself then um, following my curiosities I um, I did some study around career development um, at uni and was really loved and that was when I was first introduced to this concept of life design um, and you know more specifically then career design and I was I loved it um, and then I found myself really following that and then I um, believe it or not beautiful synchronicities came together and um, someone sent me a job role which was a teacher of life design in a school and I yeah, couldn't believe that I was going from teaching you know traditional subjects that really just felt like I was ticking a box to actually teaching students or guiding students with unpacking their strengths their interests their motivations and ultimately their purpose and it was the purpose part that was really like hit home for me and I always say the biggest catalyst for me unlocking my purpose was helping students um, unlock theirs mm. and yeah then that set me down a beautiful rabbit hole of um, exploring um how to unlock our purpose and I've just finished off a certification in, in life purpose coaching too so still doing the teacher of life design role um, love it and I think um, there's a massive revival that's needed in, in education and I mm. think it's a big part of why there are so many adults who don't know what they're passionate about because 
their school system let them down. Mm. Um, so I think there's a need for me there, but then I also am like, I know there's um, there's coaching or there's teaching work for me outside of the, the secondary school space too. Yeah. I can't tell you how passionate I am about the education piece and I don't have you know, any ties to the education system, but just it just makes sense on a, you know, on a common sense level to be able to teach, particularly at an impressionable age, you know, coming up through teenage years, to be able to learn tools and ideas and, and uh, almost navigate through life to be able to connect to these big, important things we're talking about, you know, purpose, passion, etc. Um, because it's very easy to get lost when you get released into the big, bad world. So without those tools, it, you know, it can be really Really challenging. So kudos to you for, um, you know, contributing in that way. Purpose, passion, like these are, it's easy to use this terminology um, like as one and the same, but I know from your perspective, there are some differences. I think it's really cool to be able to identify what they are before we dive further. Um, so from your point of view, when you're you know teaching this stuff and you're working with clients, for example, how do you, position purpose vis-a-vis passion for example let's start there totally totally. and I love being able to distinguish it because I do think they get thrown around interchangeably and they just get used as well you know like almost loosely as well but I think it's really good to give them some concrete sort of definitions because the more we can understand the terms the more than we can um I guess integrate them into our lives so I look at passions as almost a prerequisite to your purpose. So your passion is your highest joy. So that's where you're integrating the things that you're naturally good at, which are your strengths, and the things that you're naturally curious about or excited about, so your interests. So I really see your passions as infusing what you're good at and what you enjoy together. And then once you can match those passions with a need in the world or a problem to solve, or a way to contribute, you've got your purpose. So I see that um, your purpose is yeah, is really your passions matched with um, contributing to a world in a way that, that adds value. And I would even then go, and with your purpose, I, I would say that, that can it can change and evolve um, as you change and evolve as a person. Ultimately, I would then add in like a sort of a third layer, which is like your mission and almost like you've got a mission statement. Mm. And I really believe that that mission statement does stay the same. It's how it manifests can um, can obviously change depending on, you know, our passions might change or evolve, our purpose, how it looks might evolve. But ultimately that mission statement um, mm. is with us or something that is innate in us. Um, but yeah, but I think we need to go through the other, other um, sort of, levels to be able to get to that mission statement yeah i agree it's a really good way to look at it um and i like that you said like when you when you take the abstract and you give it some concreteness it it makes it easier to do something with it so i really like the way you position that what where do you see people falling down because i think a lot of people you know myself included can hear you articulate those differences go yeah that i get that that makes sense but yeah it, it can still be really challenging to kind of connect you know, into that. And I know you have some ideas of how we can do that, which we'll get to in a sec, but what are some of the obstacles that you found, I guess, get in the way, whether it's, you know, the fear of judgment or the fear of failure, like our own self-ridicule, you know, childhood stuff. Like what are there, are there commonalities that you say that are kind of just getting in the way of being able to lean into this stuff and have that clarity? 
Totally. I think, so going back to the school thing is we're not really taught how to become self-aware in schools. We're not really taught how to get to know ourselves, despite the fact that we're with ourselves all the time. We just actually don't even really know ourselves on um, on a deeper level. And that's why I think, um, you know, obviously doing, there's so much merit in doing the inner work because that is really building that relationship with yourself. So the more you build that relationship with yourself, the more you start to notice, oh, that comes really um, naturally to me. That could be one of my strengths. Or I'm really curious, or this really excites me. That's one of my one of my interests. So I think the more you um, you you don't try and rush the process. I think we can be very um, like I want the results yesterday, and we're you know we're in that instant gratification. Whereas getting to know yourself is like say you know you can't rush getting to know um, someone else in a relationship. So it's almost the same token you've got to apply to yourself. It takes a bit of time to you know, go on that journey to get to know yourself beyond that maybe surface or the mask that maybe mm. you've been wearing or, or putting on. So um, I think first and foremost is not wanting to to rush it. Um, and also just, again, and we'll, we'll go into some of the tools, is actually being equipped with tools, with self-discovery tools. Because I think even when you do enter the, um, you know, the personal development space, it can be, it can almost hit you like a truck. It's like, whoa, there's actually so much to learn. There's so many modalities. Where do I start? What journal entry? And that's why I really, um, again, the teacher in me almost wants to take someone through a journey, like a step-by-step process of, essentially getting to know yourself so that you can unlock your passions so you can unlock your purpose so you can know um i guess start to paint the picture of your bigger mission then yeah it's huge it's interesting you know i I often joke on the show and and just in conversations i have with people that you know like a lot like a lot of people that will probably be tuning into this kind of program i'm a personal growth junkie i'm always looking to optimize upskill in some way you know understand the world of myself better um but then it's like, how do we, I think it's important to reconcile that against also honoring. I don't know if that's the word I would use, but just leaning into what is just organic and natural mm-hmm. and, and kind of um, allowing that to come to fruition. Cause that's when it can get really exciting. Right. So um, what is, how, what are some ways we can start to tap into that feeling? Like I've heard you speak about, um, you know, innate gifts and mm. and even to some of the challenges that we face and obstacles and the stuff that comes up for us. Are there are there clues for all of us to start noticing in that getting to know ourselves piece that we can, I guess, be aware of moving forward to help narrow in on what it is that maybe excites us, maybe what it is that actually tickles that, you know, that interest box for us that we can fan into a passion and perhaps a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think first things when it when it comes to the excitement piece or you know the interest, I think quite often we can shut things down as well. We can be like, oh, you know, I, I'm I'm interested in this. This really excites me, but there's no way I could make a career out of this, or there's no way that there's going to be you know there's any value or meaning in it. But the fact that you are curious the fact that you're it excites you it, it evokes that reaction in you is there for a reason it's like they're little breadcrumbs to follow and just because we might not see the full picture of how it can evolve 
it doesn't mean it's not worth exploring. Mm. And I always go back to, you know, I, I was, I had sort of like the interest in career development. I did that. And then that opened up life design. And then that opened up the teaching role. And then that opened up purpose. So when I first started studying career development, I didn't know I was going to be looking, uh, going deep into purpose, but I just kept following the breadcrumbs, following where my interests and like I said, synchronicities and doors started to open up. So I think it's, it's not ruling out the things that just spark that light for you. Mm. And there are many ways that you can have a look at what actually sparks a light for you. And a couple of tools that I love to work with is there's obviously heaps of when it comes to journaling and reflection, but it's just, it's, it doesn't have to be then something you then add on to, you know, your already, you know, morning routine to figure this out. It's just go about your day and notice, okay, when I'm scrolling through social media and getting all of this information, what am I actually like stopping and reading? Like, what am I stopping and watching? Who am I following? What am I searching online? Like, it's just, it's it's being really um, observant about where your energy is being um, is being drawn. And the more you can like sort of go into your days um, wanting to observe that, the more you will start to notice things. It's like, oh, that pulled me there. Or that kind of, you know, I stopped reading that and I thought that was interesting. Whenever I've worked with clients and they've been feeling a little bit stuck, I just plant that seed in them and tell them just be attentive to where your curiosities go or what excites you. And then they'll always come back with, with things after that because they've mm. started to notice. So I think bringing it to, your, bringing it to the forefront is um, really important when it comes to the excitement side of things. When it comes to... I guess your natural gifts or your, or your strengths is um, it actually, we, we work with some life coaches at school as well. And this always stood out to me when he said it, is that people, he's like, why do you think people don't know their strengths? And I go, Oh, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to seem like too cocky or things like that. He's like, no, he's like, the reason people don't know their strengths is they overlook the things that come easy to them. And they think because it comes easy to them, it might just, it, it just must come easy to everyone. And it doesn't like the fact that it comes easy to you is an indicator that it is a gift of yours. Um, and I always like to say everyone's got like their own sort of superpower. And when I was first asked, you know, like, Kirsten, what do you think your superpower is? I didn't have an answer to that question straight away. But again, it was at the forefront of my mind, went along, you know, throughout my day and then it like literally dropped through. And I was like, oh, like I just get really excited. Like I get really excited about things I always have. Um, I'm like, maybe that's my superpower. And I went back to the person and I asked, I'm like, I get really excited, but I used to just always think, doesn't everyone just get really excited and really enthusiastic? And they're like, no, like, mm. that's not everybody. And I realized that I'm like, okay, that's something that I've overlooked in the past. It comes really easy to me. It doesn't come easy to everyone. Boom. Like that's a strength. And when we start to, when we stop thinking that strengths have to be these, you know, exceptional grand things, we start to look at the everyday things that we do easily and well. And we realize, wow, that's actually one of my gifts that I get to share with the world. So, so yeah, I think it's just particularly for the passions piece, which it is marrying up what you're, what you enjoy and what you excel at or what you're good at is it is not trying to force yourself to become an expert of something else. It's about looking at what do I just innately feel pulled towards? What do I just, you know, am I able to do effortlessly um, and experience flowing? And that mm. is like, that's where the passions will really ooze from. Yeah. That, that gets me up and about that idea of flow. Right. And so this, uh, and, and this idea of like force versus flow, and you mentioned the word force in that, 
piece as well. So is that like a huge component of what we're talking about is like what in our life feels really rigid and forced versus what just fucking feels right um that force first flow piece i think that's huge for people to start to unpack and allowing ourselves to not like you said not have all the answers right now but just trusting that you can follow those breadcrumbs exactly and it's hard like i can be a control freak too i'm like i love to plan i love seeing the steps and i love you know, but, and I think as much as we, we do need that structure and I really value structure and, and seeing, you know, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't be like, you know, in a stable job and then be like, oh, I'm interested in this. So quit that. Like, I, I don't think that's a viable option, but I think the fact that we are interested in something is an invitation to keep exploring it. Mm. And that's where the more you can start to um, allow yourself just to explore it, the more things, more puzzle pieces, I think, start to come together, which is really beautiful. And I think the beauty to reframe not being able to see, you know, the the whole linear pathway is the fact that you actually get to really um, experience the magic of it. Like, I'm so glad that I didn't have a linear path to where I am right now because the, the magic that has unfolded in the past 12 months or the synchronicities will be something that stays with me for the rest of my life and something that I always anchor into. So sometimes it's actually more fun to not know. The yeah, whole yeah. Path. And I just wanted to add on to the force and flow thing as well is that ultimately our purpose or our mission, um, it's meant to feel easy. It's meant to flow. Like it doesn't mean that we're not going to have some challenges along the way, yeah. but it's meant like the, the universe, God, however you want to describe it, has embedded our purpose into us in a way that feels really easy and natural. So we'll be inclined to go down that way. Quite often when we're, we're going down that force, um, that force pathway, the pathway that's not aligned with us, we're going to keep hitting all these hurdles mm. and all these blocks. And ultimately it's not to punish us. It's to redirect us back to that flow pathway. It's huge. (laughs) Do you think that in today's world with so much um, information, examples, social media, amplifying our access to other people's journeys, all that stuff, it becomes easy to get to get lost and we start trying to, you know, move and shake in a way that's consistent with how we think we should be because of this person or we should be doing our purpose and our mission and our and everything in between should be, be, you know, a certain way because of that person or this school of thought as opposed to just being, like, I feel like, and look, maybe I'm just speaking from my own personal experience and just sort of having a, like a, a ramble out loud, but um, it's, I think it's super easy just to get lost in what you should be doing or what sounds good on paper versus, what the fuck lights me up? And I reckon as you get older and with that, you know, access to social media, amplifying things, you kind of lose that ability to, to like trust your gut almost. Of uh, Is that something that you find with people yeah, as well? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like I've even seen it translate in my life around, you know, building like building my business it's like I feel like I should be doing this or I should be off like creating an offering like this but then I just and I'm like I'm, I'm so attentive now to does doing it this way excite me and if it doesn't I'm like it's not for me mm. um and I think it, it's hard because you know you can see see you can see people being successful 
in you know following a particular route so you think oh that's that's the pathway to success but I think it's really important to distinguish that that could be their pathway to success yeah doesn't mean it's your pathway to success and by you trying to force yourself to go down that pathway you could actually just be shooting yourself in the foot more and I you know call me call me oblivious or whatever it might be but I, I just believe the more that we are in tune with what lights us up and the more we follow that we can't like we can't not be successful and I know we might not always be able to see the the, the, the um the pathway that leads to success but I really believe that if we're attuned to what lights us up and we're allowing um ourselves to follow that like doors open up in ways that I can't even can't even begin to describe Mm, yeah, I like that a lot. So we've got uh, this idea of exploring those interests, which we all have them. And sometimes like that process probably gets easier as you start to go down that path as well too, right? You start to trust yourself a bit more. You almost build that muscle of like leaning into what feels kind of nice. And then all of a sudden it just gets easier and easier. So cool. That makes sense. We start fanning those flames of interest. Perhaps that turns into something bigger. Perhaps it doesn't. But it's probably better than sitting in that idleness of like, what the fuck do I want, right? <laughs> and I think just on that as well, we might find like I've just finished off a unit with our year nine students where they have um, prototyped different career um, pathways that are of interest to them. And, you know, some of them have gone down, you know, have done their prototypes and be like, yes, I love this. I want to learn more. Great. Some have been like, you know what, I've done it. I re- realize now that I actually really don't like it. I'm like, you know what? Awesome. That's also great because knowing what you don't like is also just as effective at times as knowing what you do like. And then some of them might be like, you know what? I, I prototyped it. There's elements of it that I like, but there's elements of it that I don't like. Great. Like the more data you can collect about yourself, the better. Yep. Like one student was saying that they, you know, they, they explored like child, um, like to be a ch- child psychiatrist. And they real, realized that there was a big nurturing element of that career that they loved, but the actual, you know, mental stability, all of that side of it wasn't for them. I'm like, great, take, take what lands for you and then let go of what doesn't. So the more you can start to build up the the data, right? Like I say, I, I love saying the more data you can collect on yourself, the better, the more you'll start to um, connect different things. Um, yeah. that, you know, maybe you didn't think that there was a connection with before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about collecting data and then being able to use that in a way that's going to live, a, you know, ultimately what we're talking about is just trying to live a fulfilling life. Right. And, and the more data points we have, the easier it is to make decisions accordingly. And so, what I'd love to kind of explore with you is, um, and we've, we've, we've touched on it already, but like understanding ourselves, like it or not, we're going to have a certain makeup about ourselves that it, I'm going to be different to you and that's going to be different to the next person, mm. honouring that and then looking for ways to, you know, whether it's career or the way we spend our spare time, but like making those decisions in line with that stuff so that we do feel in that flow state, right? Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is as we go down that path of understanding ourselves and going, oh, that actually makes me really interested on that I fucking hate. And, you know, oh, my God, I love talking to people. I love doing this, but I, I hate spreadsheets or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, we, we can kind of narrow that down into archetypes. And this is something I've heard you talk about quite eloquently. And it's super interesting. Um, you know, you sent me something through the other day around the entertainer piece. We'll get to the examples in a sec, but yeah. I can't tell you how much sense that makes, right? So, like, I'm a kind of guy that um, 
you know, like I can sit here and just talk for 15 hours straight and not lose any ounce of energy. Mm. But then if I had to like scribe these notes and my takeaways on a piece of paper, I would like fucking pass out. Like I just, I can't like anything that's detail oriented. It just doesn't feel right. But if I got a chance to make someone laugh, make them smile, make them feel a certain way, it's like, yeah, I'm in my pocket. And that's me personally. And it's like, okay, are there opportunities to lean more into that? Obviously the podcast is just one way to, to yeah. do that. But it's just an interesting example of like uh, leaning into just what comes naturally for me personally. And then, of course, for you, I've heard you speak about what comes really natural for you and then leaning into that and being able to help people and, mm-hmm. and do all these amazing things that you're doing. So can we walk people through, I guess, what, what archetypes mean? Yeah. And then how we can use that to our advantage. And then we'll talk about exactly what they are. Totally, totally. Just quickly, I want to add, like, you can tell that your medium of choice or your preferred medium is conversations, is speaking. And mm. I think it's really, again, it's just, it's once you start to, to collect that data, then you, and that might sit for a while, that might brew for a little while, but then you'll be like attentive to when there's an opportunity to do a podcast, like, oh, that connects with my medium or that connects with what excites me. So I think, you know, allowing it just to sit with the data that you collect about yourself for a while, you'll be amazed at what opportunities um, either come your way or opportunities you then are attentive to responding to because those things are at the forefront. So mm. I just wanted to add that. But yes, yeah, so archetypes, I just, I love archetypes and it's it's something that is is used, you know, in the personal development world in all different ways. And um, there's many different sort of, um, I guess, I guess types of archetypes depending on your topic that you're focusing on. And I, so I did my life purpose coaching certification through the Dharma Coaching Institute. So Sahara Rose, I'm not too sure if your audience will be familiar with her, but she's come up with these nine sort of purpose-driven archetypes. And I, I loved them. I fell in love with them when I read her book, and that's why I was so drawn to, to studying with her. And so essentially archetypes are a way that they look at patterns of behavior or patterns of qualities and then they kind of group those patterns into a profile and those and by having the profiles people can essentially be like oh I actually really resonate with that profile and what it does is it's still a tool it's a tool for them help to help people to understand themselves better based on the ones that they resonate with and in turn that can help them better understand their gifts help them better understand their interests and help them to ultimately particularly with these purpose archetypes help them to understand how they can use their gifts to contribute to the world which is really that purpose element is marrying up what they're already good at or what comes naturally with to them with a way that they can contribute to the world they can solve a problem in the world add value whatever it is Mm. All right, cool. Makes a lot of sense. And again, this goes back to having that extra data point, right? To understand ourselves and then, you know, make decisions accordingly. That's going to light us up. So I mentioned before, uh, for me personally, I probably fall very heavily into this entertainer mm-hmm. archetype. And of course, there's some amazing strengths and good stuff that comes with that. And then obviously there's some limitations too, but it's like, okay, is what it is. Let's just lean into it so I can feel good and feel in my yeah, in my pocket is sort of the language that I would use. So um, we're not going to be able to go intricately into everyone, of course, right now. And I encourage you guys listening to connect with KC um, to learn a bit more. She does some coaching stuff, has some amazing content online, and um, you guys can go deep on this. It's super fun. But could we give a snapshot of what maybe those nine are 
and then um, that might sort of provide enough information to uh, for people to start recognizing, oh, maybe I'm a bit of that, or maybe that's me. Yeah, absolutely. So on, on Sahara's website, which I can send it through to you as well, she's got a quiz which will help you to identify your top two. Um, okay. So they can be good to do. But it, it also, you know, just as I explain them, it might be good for your listeners to think intuitively which ones do stand mm. out to me and then they can see. And and, and sometimes um, the, ones that, the ones that do come up, particularly when doing the quiz, might have been ones that we've actually been maybe suppressing a little bit but are really innate in us too. So it's interesting to compare. So you've got you've got nine archetypes, and we've got we've got all of them within us, um, just to varying degrees. The ones that we're more naturally drawn to, the ones that we're more, I guess, dominant in, are uh, we are more dominant because they will help us to step into our purpose. Um, and so the nine are the first is the activist. So an activist is here to to bring about social and um, political change. So anything, if you've got people that are really passionate or really drawn to that type of work or contributing in that way, there's they've probably got a high activist um, mm. archetype. You've got the artists. And so the artists, they can, you know, see, see the chaos, all the many different options and um, I guess avenues, and they're here to bring beauty through all of that, that chaos. So I always like to describe a friend of mine who is an interior designer. And so she's got artists as her number one archetype. Remember we drove past like a light shop once and there was like hundreds of thousands of lights. So to me, with artists is very low for me. I'm just like chaos, chaos. And she's like, I know the exact light in that shop that I want for my client. I'm like, you can see, you can take, you know, look at the chaos and take the beauty from it mm. and create beauty, um, which is really cool. Entertainer, like you've touched on. So they're really here to make people feel, whether it's make them feel happy, sad, make them feel the whole spectrum of human emotions because that is the human experience. Um, so we've got the entertainer, we've got the entrepreneur. So that's the person or the, someone who's got that archetype quite high. They want to solve problems and often they want to solve problems through businesses or through organizations. It doesn't mean that they've got to have their own business. They might just be um, an intrapreneur, which is where they've got those entrepreneurial skills within an organization. So they're very innovative. You've got your nurturer. Um, so a lot of coaches would have this too because they want to really be able to care and connect deeply with people, but obviously can manifest in so many ways um, outside of coaching too. Got the researcher, so someone who wants to really dive deep and understand the ways of the world. Got the teacher, which is my number one. Um, they love to be able to learn and then share their knowledge. And I, I've, you know, I've really realized lately that when I learn something new, I get really excited and I'm like, I've got to go share this with someone. And like, that's my teacher archetype because we complete our learnings through sharing them. Um, you've got your warrior. So that's people that are here to really protect or to lead. Um, and then you've got your visionary. So they're here to um, welcome in like the new paradigm. So I guess if there's a new way of doing things, whatever that might be, new way of education, new way of health, new way of work, whatever it might be, um, they're here to bring in the new, they see the potential and the possibility and they're here to, to bring that um, to bring that in or to welcome that in. So mm. um like I said, we've got um, a combination of all nine of them. Um, all of them have gifts. All of them have their, their shadow sides when they may be uh, underdeveloped or overdeveloped. Um, all of them have, um, I guess, you know, 
I guess, careers that align with them, but the world of work is changing constantly. So how, you know, an activist might look now might be different to 10 years' time. Mm. How a teacher looked 20 years ago might be different to now. And I think what's really beautiful, particularly about, um, you know, getting the top two from Sahara's quiz is the combination, I think, that that's where the beauty is because so many people are obviously going to maybe share the same top archetype let's say, but maybe what their their second, their third, their fourth is, that combination is really unique. And actually, I, you know, I'm by no means a, a mathematician, but um, when I was trying to figure out, like, okay, if I was to rank my, like, top archetype or my most dominant archetype with my least one and rank them from one to nine, there's over, like, 350,000 combinations that you can get from your one to nine. Wow. So it just really shows the uniqueness of the archetype um, tool in itself but then you match that with you know your um the the areas that you're you excel at the areas that you're excited with and it, it all um shifts or influences and in how you bring those archetypes alive too mm. so. i love that thank you so much for going through those that's really cool and um people tuning in watching the show uh, i'm sure you'll start to resonate a little bit with some of those but yeah it's really worth doing the quiz i think i did that with you one time didn't i Casey? Yeah, yeah yeah it was it was super interesting to um to see what that order looked like and like you said have that like unique recipe that makes up you know what feels right for me in terms of um these different archetypes entertainer i mentioned there's also a couple others that were you know coming to the surface as well something i want to talk about is um the idea of like how aggressive, I guess, aggressively, like we should or need to use this information. I guess to, to put it in layman's terms, I'm wondering if some people may be hesitant to go, yeah, but I also need to pay the bills. You know, I got a family and da 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 da, like all real stuff, right? Totally. At what point do we need to sort of, and maybe it's a mixed bag, but, um, at what point do we need to, you know, redesign our life so that our career and, and and kind of everything in between is in line with our archetype that allows us to live into that, that's in line with our mission so we can serve in that way, that's in line with, um, you know, feeling that sense of passion and purpose versus, you know, what I will call the realities of life is like, is this something that people should be trying to incorporate into their everyday work for a living or is it sufficient to, you know, to still feel good and live an exciting life to um, explore this stuff purely just in our day-to-day, -day, whether it's social interactions, what we do for fun, et cetera. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love this. I love it's a really, it's a topic I'm really passionate about because ultimately we need money and we need that stability to survive. So by no means am I type of person that's been like, you know, you should align your work with your purpose and then forget about the, the need to be financially stable. Like, no, we, we need that. Um, and I think there are, I think it's almost going to, it's a process because I think there's so many of us who for so long had been working out of alignment with our passion and purpose that it is going to be a transition process. Mm. So I guess my, my answer is kind of multifaceted because yes, I do believe that we need to align our work with our passions and purpose because we spend so much of our lives at work that it just doesn't make sense to me to not align it with 
our, our highest potential. With that being said, does that mean we have to up and leave our jobs now? Absolutely not. I think where it, it needs to be a transition. Mm. And so, you know, these archetypes transcend more than just our work and career. So a great starting point is just to be tapping into them in, um, you know, into our, in our relationships, in our hobbies or in, in the things we do for fun, um, seeing where that leads. It might even be like starting your own blog or starting, you know, whatever your medium is that you like and then marrying that up with your, um, your archetypes. That's a great starting point. It might even be the side hustle avenue. So whilst mm. I ultimately believe that that's, that's the goal, we should strive to have our, our full-time work or what financially supports us aligning with our purpose, I think that's a process as well and we need to transition, mm. um, particularly because, like I said, we, we haven't had, you know, schooling to support us with getting there, whereas I'd like to hope that the students that I've got now, it'll be a non-negotiable for them to be passionate about what they do when they leave school because they've had that messaging from from year seven you know i've I've just hopped off a off a call about values with our year seven class like they will know that these concepts are so important in designing their life um but we've got to also be patient with ourselves because we didn't have that so it's going to be a bit more of a transition for us and i think it's also just it's not shutting things down so it's like oh you know okay i can see where there is you know a linear path for maybe an entrepreneur or a teacher teachers you know I'm probably a little bit hypocritical because I've probably got the safest archetype if we were to say teacher mm. um whereas if you were to take something like artist or entertainer it doesn't seem as linear but I think it's like marrying it up with the other archetypes um that are maybe a little bit um more I'm going to say masculine, but a bit more grounded, it's allowing that to support it. So it's, again, it's just looking at that combination. Um, and yeah, it's, it's also not thinking we know everything as well, because we can be like, oh, you know what? There's nothing that's going to come from me being an entertainer. There's nothing that's going to come from me being an artist, but it's like, we actually don't know what opportunities are ahead of ourselves. And if we can just mm. step into it or just lean into it, like you said, even if it's just fun play, um, yeah things will start to open up from that Um, because ultimately the universe wants to support us in living our purpose and um, sharing our gifts. And if that, you know, is entertainer or that is artist, whatever it is, it's going to support us in doing that. Mm. Um, So yeah, that would be my, my answer to that question. (laughs) And that is a fantastic perspective. I suppose it comes back to this idea of like having some patience and, Mm. and not feeling like you need to have, all the answers and change everything tomorrow. It's nice to have that grand goal, like you said. And I agree violently with what you've just shared there, the idea of like, it makes sense when you spend so much time at work, half of your life, you, you, you want us to tick as many boxes as possible, right? So that makes sense to have that like North Star. But perhaps if we have been conditioned, like we've spoken about, and, and we haven't had this like long history of, leaning into our archetype and honouring what our interests are. We don't have that history. Maybe for now it's as simple as get a pen and paper and start reflecting on what am I interested in? Like what actually lights me up and being really truthful about it and then just seeing where that goes. And, a, you know, funny little example, I don't want to be sound too self-indulgent um, on this episode, but I'm just give my personal experience or life the other day about um, my life of hip-hop, right? So it's like... I don't know exactly what that looks like. You know, I'm 32 years old and it's like, oh, can, can you carve out a career as a, as a you know, rapper in Australia right now? I don't know. But 
my God, I get lo- I just light the fuck up when I start talking about everything in that culture and that space. Mm-hmm. So it's like it could just be as simple as for me right now. It's like, is there just an opportunity just to allow that more so? I don't have to have all this, but just kind of spend more of my day, you know, having those conversations, um, researching, whatever it, whatever it looks like. And that actually lights me up. And it's like taking the judgment away from exactly what it looks like or what the outcome is. It just makes it easier to start walking that path. And while someone tuning in might be like, dude, i got no interest in hip hop. <laughs> I'm sure you can make that, like you can see the, how that would translate into whatever it is, you know, for that purpose, for that person. Is it, um, you know, you love spending time with animals. Okay. Is there an opportunity just to foster, to adopt, to, to research or to, you know, is there some sort of support group or community you can be a part of just to like have that, because, like, even just a little taste is better than potentially nothing right now. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, like, like I said, so step one is, is totally just getting clear on the things that light you up. And you might find that uh, it's almost like a that, that document where you drop all of that in, that's a working document. You might, you know, take things away over time. You might add things in. Um, but it's always having that as a working document that you experiment with and just seeing like as you you know if you you start to experiment with it if it does light you up and even like your face lights up when you speak about it then that is it's you can't ignore that like you can't ignore when you have that type of response to something um because it's there for a reason Mm. and see my 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 why could you do like podcast interviews with like hip-hop people and do things like that like there's so many avenues that you could just i'm exploring it um, yeah you could marry together i got some shit cooking don't worry and it's just and (laughs) yes i love that love that um and like the more like the more unique the better like um you know and the more examples like I, I love to give examples around people marrying up these these archetypes in their own way and it's like um you know I mean teacher entrepreneur were, were my top two and that was a, a game changer for me because I'd always seen myself as a teacher but I'd never seen myself and this is when I was like still stuck you know because even teacher you can almost get stuck into thinking oh okay teacher means primary high school teacher but that can trans teacher can transcend in so many other environments. And then it was when I saw that I had entrepreneur as my second, I was like, Oh, I'm like, I, you know, I want to, you know, solve problems in the world and I'm not going to, and I, I want to have my business, but I don't want to create a product or service. So to say, I want to teach someone something to solve a problem in the world. And that was me marrying up my two. And so you think about, okay, so entertainer, you might typically go down, okay, I've got to be a musician, I've got to be an actor or actress, I've got to be, you know, a comedian. That's just our stereotypical um, career links with those archetypes. But how they manifest can actually look so different or so unique to you. So starting to get, like, creative with the archetypes, I think, is, is really cool. And another example I love is in the CrossFit that I trained at. I, I didn't make this connection at the start, but, you know, we can imagine our, like, CrossFit, um, our CrossFit people for, for not falling to stereotype. But, you know, they, they, they would definitely have that warrior archetype to them. They, you know, they're, they're really tough. They love a challenge. They love to, to, you know, obviously overcome those physical challenges. But the the CrossFit um, that I went to, the, um, the owner, when he would be explaining the what or he'd be explaining the workout of the day, he'd put on a French accent and, like, 
he'd be like, sorry, like, sorry, guys, if you don't understand me, like, I'm just speaking French. Like, he's very funny, like, very, very funny. And I could see him, like, he's got this entertainer warrior archetype. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he's not on stage performing, but he's bringing that entertainer element into um, an area that excites him, which is CrossFit. So it's like it's not allowing, yeah, don't, I guess, pigeonhole yourself to think it's got to look a certain way. They can manifest in many different ways. I love it. I love it a lot. Casey, how can people connect more with you? I'll put it in the show notes, but um, where do we find you? Um, just on Instagram. That's where I spend um, <laughs> spend a lot of my time. Um, so Instagram is my is my main platform. Um, so people feel free to reach out, um, send me a message, and I'll um, shoot shoot you a link with that um, with the quiz um, as well for people to to complete and allow it just to you know it might not really land too much um, to begin with. It may land a lot like it did for me because um, there is a bit of a blurb that you'll get for each of your your archetypes, but. You know, you might then find a couple of weeks down the track, you'll be driving and something will drop through or you have a conversation, something will drop through. So it's a really great um, awareness tool. And then, yeah, just being attentive to the things that excite you and the things that you excel at um, as a really good way for unlocking that passion and ultimately the purpose down the track too. Very eloquently shared. Um, thank you once again for carving out the time. So much so much juice in this chat. You know, I often, I love doing this show and I love connecting with people, but this was one that I was really excited by and, you know, certainly the value myself. So I know people tuning in would have as well. Guys, if you enjoyed, put up on your socials, tag the two of us um, and let us know if something landed most, but passion, purpose, aligning into that and honouring these archetypes and learning more about ourselves. There's our homework for the next couple of weeks. So, Uh, Until the next episode, guys, thanks for tuning in and be sure to connect with KC. Thanks for having me.